All right, guys. Hey, welcome to the Chase the Vase podcast. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the podcast, and I, I appreciate you guys being on here. Before I even intro this guest, I always take time to thank the first responders, the men and women out there who are battling, who are on the front lines. Um, just first of all, we love you. We thank you. We support you, if nothing else. And, and today, I'm super blessed to have an officer with me today on the podcast. She is, listen to this, check this out, an MMA fighter. How many, how many professional fights have you had, Ashley? Oh, man, I don't even, over 25, I, I don't know, it's too many to count. Over 25 fights, okay, check it out. She's been a cop for over 11 years, and she's been training and competing in the MMA and jiu-jitsu for 14 years. You're a purple belt, right? Uh, brown belt. Brown belt. How long does it take you to get to a brown belt? Uh, I mean, it just depends. Everyone's different. Uh, took me a long time just because my focus was MMA and not jujitsu for most of my career. So, okay. So, so you're a police officer. I, I don't. We'll we'll say we'll say Southern California, where you okay. work. I know we're experiencing some of the same issues, and and the the route I want to take today with you is just talk to you about this this narrative of getting rid of cops and and better training cops is there some validity to it i think so my opinion's always been of course there's things we can do better um in law enforcement um and i think one of the major problems we have in law enforcement is our lack of training um Obviously, the defund the movement, that's only going to hurt us because if we don't have money to train, then, you know, then the training is not going to happen. But um, I, I think a majority of police departments in this country do not give officers the training they need um, to survive, the training they need to make it home safe in all different areas in uh, defensive tactics in firearms training, case law, even with like resiliency with mental health, like we're just not giving officers the training that they need. And, um, you know, that's a big problem with this profession that needs to be fixed. Ashley, you just said something that is not popular. I work with officers, you work with officers, it's, it's day to day. But you just said that departments, and we're going to so say, let's say worldwide, are not giving officers the tools to go home safe. So if you would elaborate, what do you mean by that? Just our lack of training. Um, and, and that's with every aspect. And, and even beyond not giving officers the training they need to make it home safe, but we're not getting the proper training to do the right thing in a lot of situations. Like, And I'm talking about more in defensive tactics scenarios, but you see officers that they don't get any defensive tactics training and they don't seek training on their own. So when they get in a use of force situation, they turn it into a street fight and it appears excessive to the outside world. They don't, you know, and the officers, you know, they don't know what they're doing. So it's like, you can't hundred percent blame them. The department's not giving them the training they need. When if they just knew like a couple simple takedowns and a simple jujitsu techniques or combatives techniques, they could have handled the situation and, and put the, the subject in handcuffs sooner with uh, minimal force and minimal effort. But because they don't get that training, 
it turns into a street fight. You know, we're getting batons out. We're, you know, we're ground and pounding people and the suspect's getting hurt. And then we look bad and it's just like an ever evolving um, problem that needs to be uh, fixed nationwide and worldwide, like you said. And with social media now, it's even like just every time you guys go to a scene, you're being videoed. Yeah. And so you're seeing a lot of officers like three on one and they're getting the suspects beating up the officers. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes that I always uh, say is ineffective force has the appearance of excessive force. And it's so true. I mean, just recently there was two, that video that went viral, those two NYPD officers um, that were, I think they were struggling with a shoplifter and it was two versus one. And one of the officers just take, he just kept taking his hand and just like hitting the suspect over and over again, like hammer fists, and it was doing nothing. So it looks excessive and it was ineffective. When if he just knew like a couple like um, handbrakes, takedowns, he could have ended that within five seconds. The guy would have been cuffs, like take control of them, we're done. He actually, and then this guy ended up, if you watch the full video, he gets away and runs out the door. I think I read online that like he got, got later caught outside the business. But, you know, and it sucks. It's like, wow, like, why is NYPD not addressing that? And not, I mean, the officers shouldn't get in trouble or anything, but they need to get the training to, so in the future, you know, they do the right thing. No one gets hurt. They don't get hurt. The suspect doesn't get hurt. And, you know, they end the threat as soon as possible. So, so we're trained to this use of force continuum. Like the first thing is hard, uh, soft verbal commands, soft hands, hard hands. You so, and so you start thinking about this and sometimes you have to escalate from a verbal command to strikes. You know, you're taking t- people down and you're and they're seeing this and the citizens are seeing this. So how do we train if, if first of all, if you don't have money, if you're defunding the police, now there's no money. So the first things that going to go is training. Well, we can't, we can't, we can't afford that. So how do we we're in this dichotomy of like they're trying to defund us and we're still trying to do our job. So, so how do we do a better job letting the public know that, Hey, we need your funds. We need more training. And I don't want to, I don't want to pass blame. I hate that it's your fault department's fault because it's all of our fault. We could, we could go get training elsewhere. So how do we do better as police officers? Um, you know, I, I do think what's good with social media, it's kind of pushed out that message. Um, I've been seeing it a lot lately through, like, the Adopt-A-Cop um, program, uh, through Invictus, uh, Jiu-Jitsu 5 There's guys out there pushing that mentality of the train above the standard. And if your department's not giving you the training you need, you need to seek it out your own. Um and that, that movement's kind of caught on to the point where at least where the city I'm in, like literally every MMA and jiu-jitsu gym is offering like huge discounts to police. So, I mean, they want to like the, the citizens want to see us get the training we need to keep us safe and keep suspects safe. Um, so I do think there's been a very positive push like within the last year or two with giving us the training we need. Um, 
as far as like getting it in your departments, I mean, it's hard because some departments, you know, it just depends on the department. Some are hurting uh, financially, so they can't pay for the outside, um, that outside training to come in. Um, you know, every department or you should have like defensive tactics instructors. I mean, those instructors need to be pushing for it to the admin. Like, hey, like we need to train more than once a year or more than, you know, whatever they're getting, um, the bare minimum. And I mean, my opinion, I think DTAC and firearms needs to be trained monthly um, at the very at the very least, it should be once a month each. I mean, if, if I had it my way, that's how it would be. I'm throwing an amen right there. Absolutely. One of the problems I see is this, our standards are so low. You yeah. go through the academy and you have a phenomenal time. You learn defensive driving. You learn defensive tactics and handcuffing and verbal commands. You learn all this great stuff, and then you go into the field and you develop bad habits. One, you know, in the academy, you're trying to do everything you can to be the best. You, you, your uniform is spot on. But you see how quick when we get into the, like, the mundane moments of the job, our standards slack. And you see guys first year put on 30, 40, 50 pounds of stress, and they're overeating. Now they're consuming alcohol, and there's no outlet for them. Yeah. And... and and it shows. So, I mean, I, I know you probably, this might be a rhetorical question, but why don't we, why don't we have better standards? I mean, we're supposed to be the elite, right? We're, we're supposed to be the, the top. So why are we getting subpar standardized testing and the amount of time we're supposed to spend learning this stuff? Once a year is definitely not enough. I mean, why are departments not giving us or individually yeah, why, i mean no I think as a department police, why, why are we not doing it once a month i just think police departments get overwhelmed with so much stuff um it's just not a priority i mean think about it they have like a million things to worry about as far as like keeping the department afloat keeping the city you know safe and um, city admin happy and like the mayor and like all this, they have so much going on. Um, you know, for them, I think for a lot of departments, it's just a check the box. Like, Hey, we had our yearly DTAC. We had our twice a year firearms, which I think a lot of departments with firearms as well. It's like, um, you know, it's what twice a year, and you're standing still at a target that's standing still and you just qualify and it's like, all right, good job guys. You know, and, and, and it's sad that that's the training we're getting. I mean, we need to be running and shooting, um, shooting from, you know, different positions behind cover, all this good stuff that we're just not training. So when it's time to defend ourselves, you know, we're going to sink to the level of our training and, you know, officers are going to get hurt uh, because of it. Yeah, I think with departments, I, I, I just think they're so overwhelmed with so many different things. Um, it just kind of gets put on the back burner. So I told I love this. So I'm thinking about some of the some of the the art the altercations I was in and man, they're they can get scary quick. Yeah. If you're you know, and you're right though, we never train under duress. Our heart rate's never going. 
we're standing still, we're static at a line shooting and doing firearms. So what are you doing? I know that you've taken this idea of limited training, limited standards, and you've upped your game for officers in your community, not just your department. So talk to me. I'm like, I want to hear what you guys are doing. So me personally, I actually have a uh, free uh, defensive tactic program I have going on for cops. Um, I offer it once a week. Um, it's open to any law enforcement officer, federal, local, like whatever. I mean, I even open it up to people in the academy. Um, so recruits come in sometimes. It's me and a male instructor run the program. Um, we get really good turnouts. Um, we've been doing it a little less than a year now. Um, I get about eight to 10 officers every class, which is good. Every once in a while, I'll get like, you know, maybe three or four. I think a lot of that has to do with like COVID and just shift change and stuff. But I've been getting good turnouts. Uh, men and women come to my class. They enjoy it. I've also brought in a lot of guest instructors uh, into my class. Um, the main one is uh, Raul Martinez. I'm a huge fan of his program, and I actually went to his class last year five times. And I, and I'm not saying this to be cocky, but I just pay for it out of my own pocket because I already know my department's not going to pay for it, and I want to get the training I know I need um, to get home safe. So. Um, every time he's in San Diego, I go to his classes. He's always a guest instructor for my class. Um, his program is called Rogue Methods. Uh, it's great training. Um, it's what we need in law enforcement that we're not getting. It, a lot of his training is it's close contact gunfighter. So, so someone grabs you um, and you have a fight for your life or someone grabs your gun. It's like, what do you do? And it's a lot of live training. Like he actually has sim guns and we like shoot each other with these um these little blanks and it, it hurts. So um, yeah, they hurt, the man. They hurt. Oh yeah, it's like a getting shot with like a, a paintball gun. So we train with that. We do a lot of running and shooting and a lot of cool shit that we need to be doing in law enforcement that training wise, and we're not. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm always pushing on my social media like if your department's not giving you the training you need and you know that you're lacking somewhere, you need to seek it out on your own. Like, for example, me, I always considered myself like average at shooting. Like I wasn't, I'm not great, but I'm not like terrible. I'm like, you know, in the middle. And, you know, one day I was like, you know what? Like I can't keep waiting to get the training that I need to get better. I just need to do it on my own. And I started paying for private lessons outside of my police department. I would go to this local gun store and I have my trainer and I pay my private lessons and my, my shooting's gotten a lot better. Um, he has me do running and shooting, shooting behind cover, things that I'm, I've never trained before. And it's like, wow, like I've been in law enforcement for so long. I've never even done this before. This is, this is great. Um, you know, I'm always pushing, officers need to be training jiu-jitsu. They need to be seeking out training, like, rogue methods, close contact gunfighter class. Like, you need to do the things that are going to push you to train above the standard. So you're ready, if that day comes, you're ready to make it out alive and get home safe. And that day will come. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, that day will come. Ready. There's always people. What's that? Oh, I already uh, came for me already, and I made it out alive. So, and 
not struck with any bullets. So, um, what was the, what was the scenario? What happened? Um, I can't really talk about it cause it was pretty recent. Um, it's still it. an ongoing investigation, but, um, I was in an OIS and, um, luckily I didn't get hit and, um, and I was able to do the right thing. And I attribute to me doing the right thing and not getting shot because of the training that I give myself on my own that I pay for. So I'm pretty lucky and I'm blessed and I learned from it. And, you know, I'm not perfect. There's always things you can do better in a critical incident. And, you know, I've taken those lessons and I'm going to continue to get better. Yeah. So what would you, what would your message be to these officers throughout the nation that they're, they're in the same boat as you are? They, they go to uh, training, they're not getting what they need and maybe they don't even know what they need. You know, they think that standardized once a year is great. What would you tell them? That they're, you know, they're doing themselves a huge disservice. Um, you know, this job is getting more and more dangerous every year and, you know, people are just, they just don't care anymore. There's no more respect. Um, everyone tries to fight. Everyone, it, it's kind of like the, I don't know. I've seen a huge difference in the last 11 years. I don't know about other officers, but, um, you know, eventually that day is going to come. I mean, it did for me. I, you know, I always had it in the back of my mind, like, oh, like, I'll never have to discharge my gun. Like, hopefully I never have to do that. And like, no, it, it happened. And I'm very lucky that I give myself the training I need outside of my department. And I'm lucky that I made it out without getting hit. And, um, you know, you can't have that attitude like, well, it's not going to happen to me because no, like anything can happen. I mean, we all know that, but I think a lot of officers go their career and they're like, Oh, well it can happen, but what are the odds? And it's like, well, you can't have that mentality. You have to have the mentality. Like, no, like it's going to happen. So be ready. Um, yeah, I mean, my, I always say like you, you, you know, if you want to be in this profession, you have family that loves you, get the training you need to get home to those people that love you. So Seek out your own firearm training, seek out your own defensive tactics training, join a gym, join a jiu-jitsu gym, join a boxing gym, join an MMA gym, whatever you, whatever makes you happy. So like you won't get bored with it and whatever interests you, but you, you got to do it. Like you just have to. So that's just what I, I what I, I, I want to know, I like, I wish I could. Yeah, I like that. I wish I was a fly on the wall when you show up to a scene. Like how many guys look at you and size you up for your size and be like, okay, no problem. And then they end up in a rear naked choker or something like that. Like, do you feel like that's a common thing? Yeah. I mean, I can't do choke, no more chokes, but, um, right. <laughs> I got that, that tool got taken away from law enforcement, but yeah, I mean, I'm pretty small and five two. So I'm usually like the smaller female officer. Usually most female officers are bigger than me. Um, even with all the skills I have, like, you know, I know I've been doing MMA for 14 years. I'm a pro fighter, but even with all that, like I'm realistic. So let's say I'm on scene and, and I'm alone with a man, a male suspect, and I know he's being placed under arrest. 
I'm not going to go hands on until my cover officer is there. Um, you know, why take the risk? So, I mean, yeah, I have the skills and I know like a lot of techniques I could do to keep myself safe, but at the same time, like I'm smart about it. So I don't want any officer to like, also, you, you can't let your ego get to you. Like, um, that's going to get mm. you killed too. So, I mean, it doesn't matter that if you're a black belt in jujitsu or you're a pro fighter, whatever you are, like be smart about situations. I mean, this is a dangerous job and you don't know what weapons they have on them or, you know, what they're capable of as well. So, um, I don't know if I answered your question, but is, is there a level of confidence though, that you have when you're on scene, you're like, okay. And, and I'm not talking about ego and I'm not talking about being cocky. But because you've trained, because you've been there, I mean, you've been in the octagon, you've, you've had numerous pro fights, but not only that is you've taken it to the next level to make sure that you are protected and you are going home. So is there a level of like confidence and like, not surety, but the knowledge that you can handle yourself? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's one of the reasons why I preach officers to train something, because when you go into situations confident then you're less likely to do like guesswork and do the wrong thing and end up in a bad situation. So um, you need to be confident in your skills. And I mean, that's going to help you make the, the right decision and stay calm. Um, a lot of officers, when shit hits the fan, they spaz out. And it's like, well, if you're not confident and if you don't have that training of staying calm in the storm, like then you are going to spaz when it when it's go time and you're going to screw up and you're going to do the wrong thing. I could just picture you on scene though, like the dude is freaking out and you're just like, "What is going on?" <laughs> that would be hard. Yeah, I mean, for me, I just yeah, I I get frustrated sometimes when I see officers doing things that are just, they could be done better, but it's like, well, I get frustrated, but then it's like, well, I can't be mad because it's like, well, the department's not giving them the training they need. So it's like, you know, it is what it is. So I, I just, I do, I preach my thing on social media. Um, you know, at work, I'm more of an introvert and I'm quiet. So like, I don't say anything like, you know, that, and especially like I try to like, I don't want to get anyone butt hurt. So, I mean, people know what I'm about and what I preach, but at work, like I keep my mouth shut. And if someone wants to come to my class and train, cool, you're welcome with open arms. If you think it's all bullshit, then cool. Like you do your thing and I'll do my thing. That's kind of like my attitude. Man, I, th it's good. I love it. Have you ever got caught? Have you ever like not, not caught knocked out, but I'm saying, have you ever gotten caught in a, a bad situation where your training kicked in and took over? You mean with like a suspect? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's been, I mean, I've been doing the job long enough where, there's been a lot of situations where the fight's on, but, you know, I'm thankful to my training. I was able to um, end it quickly with no one getting hurt because um, I, I know the right thing to do in situations. And, I mean, like, here's an example uh, that I use a lot that every officer comes across. When you go to arrest someone and they're 
they're not fighting, but they're passively resisting by tucking their arms under their chest and like their, you know, chest down on the pavement and they won't give you their hands. So, you know, they're not fighting. They're just being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I've seen officers, I've seen officers get back mount and just start wailing, punching them, ground and pounding them. I've seen officer take their taser and like dry stun someone like three to five times. Um, I've seen an officer get out the baton and try to crank it in the arm and, you know, chicken wing it out, which they teach that in the academy. And I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of that one because um, what if the suspect does try to fight all of a sudden grabs the baton from you and tries to use it against you? Well, you just created a, a possible deadly force situation. So there's so many techniques with jujitsu or like with DTAC that does the job and will get their arms out from under their body and you can get them in cuffs quickly. That's so like subtle, like you don't even know like um, what's happening and it won't cause any injury to the suspect. It'll keep you out of, you know, um, write-ups like, and you know, it's the right thing to do in those situations. And it sucks that we're not giving the officers that t type of training that they need. All right. So how many times has has a situation like that happen and your partners look at you and like you're up because you know what to do <laughs> and you can minimize the situation, right? It doesn't have to escalate. How many times do you have to take over? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't even know. It, it, I work with a great group of guys. I'm very fortunate. Um, there's no egos. We all work well together. So, and the guys I work with are, for the most part, they they know the right thing to do in situations. So, um, this the scenarios I gave was like in the way past with, you know, a different department. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the guys I work with they know me well enough where they know like you know. I'm very calm and I, I try my best to use my words to talk myself out of situations, but if it's time to go hands-on, like they know, like, I'm not afraid to, like, it's going to happen. So. All right. I, I do have a, a, a kind of an interesting question. So we had an officer in our department that it could be, we could have the scene totally controlled mm -hmm. and dispatch would have him or he would get on and say, Hey, I'm in route. And as soon as he arrived, just him showing up escalated the whole situation. Like, he pissed everybody off. The fight was on. Did you have that guy in your department? No, honestly, I don't think I do. Like, for the most part, I have a really good department I work for, and everyone's pretty level-headed. Um, no, I mean, maybe in my last department, my last department in St. Louis, Missouri was over a thousand officers. So I think there were a couple, but the guys I work with are really chill like me. And like, we try our best to use our words. Like we really don't want to go hands-on. I mean, that creates more paper too. I mean, no yeah. one wants to write even more. So no, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever really worked with someone that's like that. I've been lucky, I guess. All right, let's switch it to the ring. I appreciate that. I want to know like... I mean, all of us guys think that we can fight, you know, what was it like being in, in the MMA and, uh, and fighting? What was the mental, what was the mindset that you had to carry? Into my fights? Yeah. Um, 
don't know. I, I would always get very nervous before I fight. I mean, I think that's normal. Like, how do you not? But I would just remind myself, like, you know, this isn't a life or death situation like I get into at work. Um, you know, this is a controlled environment with a ref. So at the end of the day, like, yeah, am I going to get injured? I mean, there's a good chance I will, but am I going to die? No, I'm not going to die. At work, I could die. So I try to have that, like, perspective to try to calm my nerves. Like, hey, this isn't a life or death situation. It's just a fight. Um, I, I tried to use my MMA career as, um, one, for a way to motivate cops to train, and two, to honor police officers. Like, every time I I fought MMA, I would always carry my thin blue line flag. And when I'd get the microphone, I'd always say, like, you know, I'm, I'm in here to honor all my brothers and sisters in blue and those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. So and that's why I have this flag. So I tried to use my fight career as, like, a, a, a positive uh, influence for my profession. So, and like, I even honored, um, a friend of mine that was shot and killed in the line of duty at my last department. I was able to honor him in one of my fights. Like that was probably like one of the coolest things I've ever done, um, was honoring Blake. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. Biggest fight you were ever in. What is it? Biggest MMA fight. Uh, Man, I have a lot. I I fought for the championship belt twice, and then I have one fight on the Ultimate Fighter, if anyone knows what that is. It's like a reality show for the UFC. Oh, yeah. Um, I had to go up a weight class. So I fight at 105, um, but the, the lowest weight class the UFC and Bellator go to is 115. Um, so I had to go up a weight class, um, got selected to be on the show, but to be on the show, at least the season I was selected for, you have to fight on the very first episode. And if you win, you get to be on the show for the full eight weeks. And if you lose, you get sent home. And I lost. So, um, but yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, it sucked to lose, but it was cool to fight in front of Dana White and stuff. So, Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So what would you tell – what would you uh, – your message for, for officers, for – us individuals out here that are that are supporting you, what would your what would your takeaway message for the day be? If you're a cop, you need to train above the standard. So you do not rely on your police department to give you the training that you need because they're probably not going to. So you need to seek out extra firearms training, seek out jujitsu, DTAC, um, mixed martial arts, wrestling, whatever. Um, if you want to go home to the people that love you, you need to do that. It's not an if, it's a win. So that's that's my message. Man, thank you so much, Ash. Thank you, thank you for being on the Chase the Base podcast today. Man, if there's a if there are people out there that want to get a hold of you, how can they find? And I know you do a podcast as well. How can they find you? Give me some give me some tags. Um, my Instagram is at SmashleyMMA. Um, I have a Facebook fan page. It's Ashley Smashley Cummins. Uh, Twitter's at Smashley MMA. And I think that's about it for my social media. I don't do TikTok or any of that. I don't have time for all that. You're not dancing on TikTok? Come on. No, no. So many people tell me to get on TikTok. And I'm like, man, I'm, I just don't have time. Instagram already takes up my time trying to post on there for 
you know, for DTAC and stuff. So <laughs> now what do, now you're on a podcast, right? Or do you work with another officer on that's does some podcasting? Yeah. Uh, officer autumn. Uh, she's got a really good podcast going on. Um, I really like what she's doing. So her podcast and her message is specifically for female officers, um, for how, you know, tips for us to survive the job. Um, you know, I believe a hundred percent what she's saying, because I've, even as me as a mixed martial arts fighter and a pro fighter, like I've run into issues, uh, within police departments. Um, it's hard for women. This is a hard job. So, um, I love everything she's preaching and, you know, give her a follow. Uh, we've actually talked about possibly, uh, collaborating and doing something together to help, uh, push women to train more, uh, train jujitsu detox. So yeah. Um, she's awesome. I think her Good. Instagram's, uh, I can't remember her handle. It's like, I'm actually going to podcast at- with her in a couple. You're, you're doing a podcast with her what- soon. Yeah, I I set it up with her, but what did you say it was? Because because I want to make sure it's on here. I think it's at think it's Officer at Autumn. Officer Autumn. I'll check. check. Pretty sure. I was just talking to her this morning. She's awesome. She's like, she's one of my. She has such a good heart too. Like she's so awesome. So oh, at Officer Autumn. Yeah. There you so go. Yeah, if you don't follow her, um, I love what she's preaching. I've listened to all of her podcasts, and it. There's times where like I'm down with things I got going on at my own police department, just talking to her and listening to her. Like it definitely lifts my spirit. So she's good people. Awesome. Well, thank you. You're, you, I, I appreciate your, your, I know you don't love to get in front of the camera. You're, you're, you <laughs> yeah. said you were a very introverted person. I get that, but you okay. know what? It helps us being able to listen to you and share. So we really do thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.